Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, for now, the Nashville Predators are your undisputed kings of the NHL Central Division. That is true after last night's 5-4 overtime win over the Colorado Avalanche. We'll talk about the big win, how it impacts the standings going forward, and a little bit of controversy that came from the game. Officiating calls on both sides. First, the Mark Borowiecki injury situation, and then the the quote-unquote too many men on the ice. That led to the final Preds goal. Certainly a lot of topics to get to. This is Locked On Predators. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at onthefourcheck.com. And I have a partner in crime who, by the looks of Twitter, had the second best date night at an NHL arena last night. (laughs) Oh, goodness, yes. Mine was very different than the first best one. But Thanks. Yes, I'm Ann Kimmel. Uh, I am a writer at onthefourcheck.com. <laughs> I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> the Nashville Predators versus Colorado Avalanche game last night had more scoring than a uh, luxury box at FLA Live Arena in Sunrise, Florida. <laughs> Maybe the NHL's game of the month? Yes. Year? I guess in terms of two heavyweights just putting on a great show, This is certainly up there for game of the year. Back and forth all game long. Preds went up 2-0. Avalanche tied it in the second period. Then the Preds went up 3-2 and 4-3. Avalanche tied it both times. And then Matt Duchesne in overtime on a 4-on-3. 4-on-3, which we'll talk about in a second. Got the overtime winner. Preds keep the win streak alive at 5. They're 12-1-1 in their last 14. And as we do always... Lead us off with your one word to describe last night's game. Last night's game was well worth every penny in the price of admission, especially because the Predators came away with a win. But my one word is actually a movie title. And while you may be thinking sports movie, you know, Rocky, something like that, mine is actually a Western. One Yes, one of my top movies and one of my very critical 17-year-old's top five movies ever. My one word is Old Henry. Old Henry is a great Western movie about an old farmer, just your regular guy. He's a widower. He just works the land, does his business. Nobody thinks much of him, except he has a secret. And when he is confronted with a group out to destroy him, his brother-in-law, who knows his secret, says to him, you don't know the trouble you're fixing to unleash. And... Fantastic movie. If you've got time today, watch Old Henry. But Old Henry is the storyline of the Nashville Predators game last night. Really, nobody is paying any attention to the Nashville Predators. We talked about that on yesterday's show. But nobody understood the trouble that the Predators were fixing to unleash on not only the Colorado Avalanche, but on the league as a whole. They're now top of the Central Division, top of the Western Conference. And while they may still be ignored, they are ready for any sort of gunfight or trouble that may come their way. So my one word for the game is Old Henry. Uh, never seen that movie, never heard of it, but I feel like you did like a great job of doing like a Hollywood pitch right there. 
Yeah. Oh, it's it it really is one of my top and I am I do not like westerns. Just full disclosure, don't like westerns. This is a top 5 movie for me. So go, it's on Amazon Prime. Everybody go watch today Old Henry. You're going to you're going to love it. I don't know when that movie came out, but I can picture you walk busting into like some MGM office in a little cowboy hat <laughs> and just busting open the door and it's like, "Hey, Buster, I got something for you." I was wearing my my giant foam Predators cowboy hat. Yes. When I pitched that. That's got to be why they got it. Yes. Um, it's interesting that you brought up a movie, Anne, because mm-hmm. my one word is Marvel. Because <gasps> this game felt like a Marvel movie, didn't yes, it? Yes, it the did. Action, the action started right off the bat. There's lots of twists and turns throughout. At some point, it looked like the heroes were going to make easy work of the situation, have it all wrapped up. Things got hairy, they got it back under control, uh, and then back and forth, back and forth until the big heroic twist at the end with Matt Duchesne getting the overtime winner, and a lot of wacky subplots thrown in uh, here and there. Yeah, like, like I mentioned before, this is one of those games where it just kind of felt like this felt like a playoff game. And I don't think this is the last time we'll be talking about playoffs with these two teams uh, potentially yes. off against each other at some point if things go well. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this was a heavyweight fight. And these are two of the West's best teams that just put on a show, you know, in front of a wild Bridgestone Arena crowd. I think the crowd recognize that this felt like a playoff game too because this is certainly the most into it you know i've yes. seen bridgestone in a very very long time i think they recognize the feel you know I, I think there's from the avalanche side maybe people are gonna try to take this with a grain of salt but this was a big win for the nashville predators i think it was a statement win mm-hmm. more than man no, I actually have that written down in my notes. This was a statement win, and I and I want to jump on and agree with what you were saying about Bridgestone Arena because the vibe in the in the arena, even before the puck was dropped, was we're all in. It felt very much like a playoff game atmosphere. People were just really into this game and and felt the weight of it. And I agree with you. I think, you know, the avalanche can say, oh, well, we didn't have Gabriel Landeskog. Oh, this call was so egregious and it didn't go our way. Well, it you wasn't the, the, it wasn't the worst call we've seen in a Predators. I mean, game. seriously. It, what, there's one involving uh, Matt Duchesne. <laughs> Yes. I mean, look, this is just, you have to plan for this when these two teams meet. Um, but it was a statement win. And here's the thing that is is the best about this win is that I don't think the Nashville Predators care if anybody else in the league considers it a statement win because they know it was. And, yeah. and I think that's the heart of this team is they know what they have, they know who they are. And so for that reason, I think, yep, definite statement win, great atmosphere. Yeah, and you kind of heard the the team talk about it a little bit after a game. Um, you know, the, the Matt Duchesne, the quote he had was, we came in fourth ranked by all the experts. He used the word all the experts. Um, and, you know, Roman Yossi said, you know, no negativity, all positivity. We just kept going for it. This sounds like a team whose mindset is different than past Predators teams. 
Yes. And and I think this is the key because the the talent has, you know, there have been a few little roster adjustments and, and things like that. And the talent, but the talent across the board has stayed very much the same. And I want to read a Matt Duchesne quote because I think this hits on exactly what you're saying. He said last night, I think for a lot of us, we've gone through a lot of adversity. There's a lot of guys that were in the same boat as me and people questioning us. When you kind of hit rock bottom or you hit adversity, it's about how you bounce back and it's what you do next that's important. We were never going to let this team get disbanded and let this team go to waste in terms of the talent we had. We have too much character, too much leadership, too much care in that room. There's too many guys that, you know, give a damn, I guess. And and I think that is such a great way to encapsulate what is going well for the Nashville Predators, because it's not that they went out and made a ton of huge roster moves. It's that they all are invested in it. And there is this mental component of this team that is really showing what they are made of and the character of the team. And again, I'm going to go back to, I think a lot of the credit goes to John Hines for that. Yeah. Well, it's pride, isn't it? Like doesn't pride play a big role in that? I mean, you're hearing from Matt Duchesne who a year and a half after signing one of the most lucrative contracts, free agent contracts in Predators history is left unprotected. The expansion draft, not only left unprotected, the expansion draft, Seattle didn't want him. Seattle took a look at him and said, "Mm, not worth it. So, I mean, I think that entire situation was a wake-up call. And it's like, look, this is a team that is on the verge of rebuilding. You hear competitive rebuild turned around. But it's the same team that two years ago, a lot of people around the NHL looked at and said, wow, this this has potential to be one of the West's best teams on paper. So I think from that end, this is just kind of a, you know, a matter of the Preds kind of getting together and be like, you know what, we have a lot to prove. We believe in us. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. I think a lot of that does kind of come from John Hines and the culture that he's put in and sort of this attitude of, you know what, like we're maybe don't have the the top talent of some of these other teams. Maybe we're not flashy, but we're a team that's going to do what it takes to win. Yes. Uh, and, I, and I think you're seeing that with the Predators this year. A lot more to talk about from this game coming up in just a little bit second. There is some controversy. Uh, the Mark Borvietsky uh, injury situation was one. Uh, the final power play in overtime for the Predators was another. We're going to give our thoughts on that. First, though, let's talk New Year's resolutions, shall we? If yours is to get in shape, you might need some help from our friends over at Built Bar. If you don't know about Built Bar, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. In some cases, maybe even better than a candy bar. Eating healthy is something that always trips up a lot of New Year's resolutions. You know, you, you eat all those salads all week, and then by the weekend, you're thinking, oh, God, I could really use something sweet, need something to satisfy my sweet tooth cravings. Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. So even though you're eating a protein bar, it still tastes good. There are so many flavors of Bill Bars to choose from. We got mint brownie. We got salted caramel. There's coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, a cherry barcia, uh, which is my back on my new favorite. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So be sure to check out Built.com often 
to see what's new. Speaking of Built.com, if you go there right now and use promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Well, thanks again, as always, for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Big action for the Preds coming up later this week. They've got Buffalo next at Bridgestone Arena. That game is coming up on Thursday. Uh, We also have a special show coming up. Uh, The women's Olympic hockey teams have just been announced. And Anne, I know you're planning something special for that. I am. I'm so excited about this. We are going to have a squad cast with our good friend Erica Ayala from Locked on Crack. And Erica is actually headed to Beijing. She is going to be covering all of the Olympic action and, and we'll be talking with her during the Olympics as well. But she's going to prep us for everything that we need to know about women's Olympic hockey action. So we've got that coming up and I cannot wait for it. Yeah, excited to see uh, her coverage this year. Great writer, uh, great podcast host, and a pretty good friend of the show. So We love uh, her. Looking forward to seeing that. Still got some business to take care of from last night's game, though. Predators beat the Avalanche 5-4 to four in overtime. Win streak is at 5. Predators now 12-1-1 in their last 14. Uh, this game did not come without its fair share of controversy, Anne. Yes. We about this a little bit earlier. Um, I, I guess, do, do we want to start with the Mark Borvietsky situation? I think we, I think let's just start with that and, and then we'll move right on through several interesting discussions we're probably going to need to have about officiating and very, uh, curious about your take on some of this, Nick, uh, the Mark Borvietsky situation as we're referring to it is that, um, Mark Borvietsky blocked a shot, uh, went down immediately onto the ice. And it was um, one of those shots where it was very clear that he was not just stunned. I mean, he was down on the ice mm-hmm. and uh, play continued for Colorado and event, you know, shortly after Mark was hit, uh, they scored a goal and Mark was very injured. This was somebody who we know does not fake injury. He was down on the ice training staff had to come on. He needed assistance to get off and did not return to the game. Um, and the predators were extremely passionate in their frustration that the play was not whistled dead when it was evident pretty quickly that Borvietsky was uh, significantly injured um, in that. So very curious, Nick, how, how did you read that situation and what is your take on that, the way that call or non-call was handled in this game? Because I know this is this is going to be a topic today. Well, let's lead off with what John Hines said about it. He said mm-hmm. that his explanation that he got from the refs is um, that because he wasn't hit in the head, Mm-hmm. That it basically continues until like Colorado's chances stops. Um, that was the explanation he got from the refs. There's kind of, I, I guess, some gray area with the NHL rules. Refs mm-hmm. have the ability to stop a play at their discretion. Here's important context is that this isn't the first time that this situation has come up. Um very rarely does it result in a goal. And I think that's why it's a little bit more under fire today for Preds fans. Um, You know, 
there is that situation in Boston a few years back, the famous Gregory Campbell five on three, uh, where Campbell blocked a shot, actually broke his leg, but because oh, uh, the other team maintained possession, he stayed on the ice for well over a minute and a half on a five on three, uh, scooting around on one knee, continuing to try to get into lanes and uh, play didn't stop because the other team still had possession. Um, so from that end, you know, this is a situation where that it's come up many times before. And, it, you know, this is a little bit different like that. Obviously, Borvietsky's hurt. It's not like he, you know, it's not like play continued for a minute while Preds were, you know, sort of screaming what happened. Um, so I guess from my context, it's like this is this is nothing new. I think it's just under fire because of the fact that it resulted in a goal. Now, I will say this. Do I think there should be some rule changes Mm -hmm. that kind of help this situation moving forward? I think it's something the NHL can take a look at. Now, look, obviously you don't want players to abuse this. Like, hey, you block a shot on on a five on three and you just lay on the ice to draw a whistle. And then, you know, all of a sudden he's skating two shifts later. You right. Know, just fine. You don't want that. Um, so that's a complicated situation. But at the same time, you know, if Borvietsky's prone on the ice and somebody takes a slap shot and it goes off his head, then right. we're, we're having a different conversation. So I do think the NHL needs to take a look at ways to maybe address this situation. I know that in the rule book, the refs can stop a play at their discretion. And I also think it, it kind of came under fire because, you know, a period later we had a situation where uh, um, an avalanche player went down by the benches, Preds had possession and play was immediately called. Right. So I I do think something needs to be changed. I'm just not sure what, you know, in a way that can, you know, I guess keep players from abusing it. Right. And, you know, I always try to have grace with the refs because I do not want their job. And I think that in the moment it's a difficult call. Um, It's, I think Nashville Predators fans felt more heated about it in the moment because to us, we know that Mark Borbietsky, if he had, you know, three of four limbs hanging off, he's still going to play. And so it was evident right away to everybody who's very familiar with Nashville that this was probably a significant injury. The flip side of that is I think that we've seen people take hits like that and barely make it off of the ice and come back in, you know, two shifts. So, you know, trying to have some grace for that looking ahead. And like you said, there was a case where there was an avalanche player into the boards and, Nashville had possession in the end, they stopped. But in the beauty of the universe, uh, the final play of overtime where Matt Duchesne scored the winning goal, um, there was an avalanche player that was down on the ice and they didn't whistle it down. Now, had they whistled that one down, I'm pretty sure there would have been. Well, that that seemed like a different situation too. I mean, Comfort blocked that shot. The rebound went straight to Matt Duchesne, who like immediately shot it. And, you know, it looked like Comfort was like, you know, trying to get up 
Yes. Um, and then when he realized it went in, he kind of fell back down on the ice. So I think it was a little bit more dramatic. And the play wrapped up, you know, almost immediately, like you said. But had that been whistled dead, I'm, I'm pretty sure there would have been some extra special chance. Yes, um, but there were, there were more questionable calls in this game uh, to kind of hash out too, especially the one that led to that overtime goal. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, you know, I I watched that replay a few times, mm-hmm. and I'm oh, oh. <laughs> just saying, I'm, Nick. I'm, just, I'm not sure I get the call. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's you know, I, I think the explanation was that there were the Avalanche were making a change, and the puck kind of hit somebody who had just got off um, on the avalanche bench. But when you watch the replay, it's not like, you know, there's like those too many men calls where, you know, one person rapidly skates on and the other person's like skating to the bench and they're like going in the doorway or trying to go over the boards and the puck bounces off him. It didn't really look like that in this case. I mean, they were pretty far over the boards. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it kind of disrupted play either. You know, it's not like, you know, the puck just stopped or took a wild bounce or anything like that. I mean, it took a deflection, but, uh, you know, yeah. this this is one of those where I guess if you're going strictly by the rule book, yes. But it's also one of those things that if this happened to the Nashville Preds, I would be <laughs> like, what the flag nog, to borrow your words. Yes. Well, and I will say, actually, even being there and watching the action live, we really had no idea. Like, there was nothing so egregious that we were yelling about it before the refs called it. And and when they called it and we knew there was a penalty, we didn't even know it was too many men on the ice. So it really was not an obvious, egregious, too many men call yeah. in the moment live there seeing, you know, all of the ice at once. So, yeah, but you know what? Oh, well, that's hockey. Yeah. Well, what <laughs> happened? I thought it was on the Preds, right? Like when when they were like the Preds had possession. Yes. Like there's the Preds were making a change. I kind of thought it was the other way. So uh, did we. Yeah. So it was kind of a mess. But as you mentioned, it's hockey. Yep. And, uh, and those things happen. Uh, more to talk about this game coming up in a second, plus uh, what the Predators week looks like moving forward. Um, Yakov Trenin out. How do the Preds replace his energy on the herd line or whatever we're calling that line without Yakov Trenin? First, though, want to mention something to the fellas out there that have a little bit of facial hair on their face. If you got beard, you need primal origin oils if you're listening to this and you're somebody who's never tried beard care products before you need to listen because primal origin oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed trust me on this uh, my beard was a mess i started using some oils and some butter from primal origin oils and i can tell you my beard looks and feels a lot better plus no itch uh, that is something that I think anybody with a beard can relate to. Products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. If you're new to this and you just need something to sample, try the combo kits. 
Uh, they are good for just a treat yourself gift or a gift for somebody else. You'll be glad you did. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenge you to compare their ingredients in the feel and beard to the other products you use. They promise you will see and feel the difference. Remember, use the code LOCKEDON. That gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Again, that's the code LOCKEDON, all one word. Enter that at checkout for 20% off. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. We are going to finish talking here about this amazing Nashville Predators win over the Colorado Avalanche, kind of setting some things in motion in the Central Division. One of the players I wanted to call out, Nick, who I don't think many people have talked much about because we haven't seen him often, but I want to give a shout out to Matt Luff. Who earned him? He earned himself some ice time last night, um, and I thought had probably one of the best games. He was a player. Uh, he had an assist on that first Tanner Janot goal. Fantastic assist. But this was a guy who, as we were watching the game, kept noticing him. He is in the mix. He is in the play. He is playing physical. He really sort of brought that identity hockey style that we haven't seen as much from the Predators this last, you know, over the past week or so. So I think Matt Luff did a fantastic job making a statement for why he is deserving of some extra ice time for the Nashville Predators. I don't know how much of that uh, people would agree with or people noticed, but definitely a player in the mix last night. Well, and what was the big COVID news before the game? Oh, I can almost not talk about it. Uh, Yeah, Yakov Trenin out. Yeah. Um, in COVID protocols, which when when I heard that, I thought, OK, this how do you how do you fix that? And you just answered that. Matt yes. Love. And that's kind of the, the thing I'm hitting at and why this Preds team feels so much different is it seems like whenever somebody's gone down, there's mm-hmm. been somebody else to kind of step up and play within that identity that they're looking for. And Matt Luff uh, did that last night. He got an assist. Um, so, so good for him. But I, I think more than anything is he provided the energy that Trenton usually does like yes. really good for checker um, finishing his checks. And I, I think that's more of what you need than maybe the output, you know, for instance, Philip Forsberg's out with COVID too. You're not going to find somebody else on the team or somebody else in the AHL that's going to have the same scoring impact as Forsberg. But right. that doesn't mean you, can, you can't you can find somebody who plays with that style. And I think that's what's been important for the Predators this year, is they're not trying to like reproduce their output, but they're just trying to find somebody who plays a similar type of game to what they're missing. Yes. And I think it, when you can do that, you know, like you said, not even necessarily replacing the goals, but jumping in and playing in a consistent style, it doesn't interrupt the momentum of the team and it doesn't interrupt what the team's doing. And, and like you said, this is a key to the Predators success this year is that everybody is pulling in the same direction and you can put in a Matt Love for a Yakov Trenin. The other one, the other line that just delighted the fire out of me um, was with Forsberg out, they put Tolvin in with Mikhail Granlin and Matt Duchesne. And listen, I'm here for this all day long and twice on Sundays. 
Um, it didn't show up on the stats sheet like maybe people were hoping for, but I'm telling you, Ellie Tolvanen is going to, he needs to keep doing what he's doing because he's playing so well in so many areas that the offensive production is going to come. And, and we saw just so many opportunities for him and, and he just needs to not get discouraged and keep going because the three of them together, I thought was just phenomenal. Well, 22 minutes of ice time last night for Tolvanen. So obviously John Hines is seeing what you're seeing and giving him more responsibility. And I think you're right with a player like Tolvanen. I mean, look, we've discussed this several times that he might not become the player that the Predators initially expected him to, or maybe I should say fans expected him to when he was first drafted. But he has become such a valuable middle six player he does a lot of things really well. His defense has been spectacular really since his like last call up last year. Uh, yes. He's, you know, he's kind of got a little bit more of a two way mind now, as opposed to just kind of always scoring. And I think you're right. I think if Tolvanen continues to just play the way he's been playing, obviously the Preds are winning, so that's good. But I also think he's going to get more chances to kind of be productive on the score sheet. And in that same vein, Anne. How about Luke Cunning last night? Oh, thank goodness. Two goals for him and somebody else that I think has, you know, we've been critical of him earlier in the season, but somebody whose play I think is starting to match up, um, or I'm sorry, whose production is slowly starting to match up with how he's been playing. Yes. And his play has not been really kind of showing up on the score on the scorecard like people wanted. He started a little bit hot, you know, scoring wise early in the season and then it has been kind of quiet. And it's somebody that I've kind of started thinking, okay, it's about time. It's about time for Cunning to kind of get some scoring going. And he did that last night. But in the meanwhile, this is somebody who is in front of the net in the gritty areas, doing the things that need to be done. So even though his production, like you said, hasn't necessarily been off the charts, he's still been doing what the Predators have needed them to do. And I think that encapsulates the whole reason for the success we're seeing in Nashville. You've got your big guys, your big names, doing what they need to do and producing. You've got Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg, Roman Yossi, Ryan Johansson are all really contributing significantly and consistently. But you also have this supporting cast of players like Luke Cunnan, like Ellie Tolvin, and like Yakov Trenin, and like Matt Luff coming in for Yakov Trenin, who are able to contribute and step in. And when I think you've got your big guys and your supporting cast all pulling in the same direction, you're going to see the success that Nashville is seeing now. Um, and it's been real fun to watch. Whether the rest of the league is paying attention or not, I think fans in Nashville are enjoying what they're seeing. Well, it's getting harder and harder to ignore them. That's 100% for sure, for certain. Yes. Um, we are going to have to see how this plays out. Can the Preds keep their five-game winning streak alive against the Buffalo Sabres, another team that's kind of had a, a bad year but some bright spots mixed in? They also have Boston, which is going to be a tough game this Saturday. So a lot of chances for the Preds to kind of make some more noise and show, hey, we're one of the NHL teams you don't want to mess with right now. We'll be sure to break that down later in this week. In the meantime, Anne, where can find people find your work? You can find my work at ontheforecheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice.
You can find me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Also, be sure to follow the show at LO underscore Predators. Let us know if there's anything that you want us to discuss. That's going to do it for us today at Locked on Predators. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to check out Locked on Bets with your boy Q. He's got your daily fantasy insight. Also, be sure to join us tomorrow. We got a preview of Preds versus Sabres and more headlines from around hockey.